Let's pray. Lord Jesus, like we've said before, we are here right now for you. We're here to meet with you. We're here because we know that your presence is here. We know, God, that you want to speak to us. We know that you want to challenge us. And so, Lord, we put our hearts on the table this morning. As we get into your word, Holy Spirit, we ask that if there be anything in us that needs to be tweaked, anything that needs to die, anything that needs to be put on the altar, God, reveal that to us and give us the grace to put that on the altar. Lord, if there's anything that you want to encourage in us, Lord, you're the encourager and we, we look to you for that. But more than anything, Holy Spirit, as we're getting into this word, bring revelation, breathe life. Thank you, God, that the words that I say this morning, that they would be infused with your life-giving power. God, teach me as I'm preaching and teach each of us because you're the great teacher. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so I'm wanting to talk to you all this morning, like I said, about what it means to be blessed. And I think we're going to take the next couple of weeks to really get into this. And, and I'll tell you why, but to, this morning I want to lay a little bit of the groundwork for even what I mean whenever I say that. Because... We'll get into it a little bit later, but blessed is actually a really highly used word in our culture, in our society right now. Like, everybody talks about being blessed. Even if they're not even Christian, not even religious, they'll be like, man, I'm blessed. Look at this mansion I've got behind me. Hashtag blessed, right? It's, it's used very often, but it, is, it truly is a spiritual, it truly is a biblical word. And I believe, like I said earlier, I believe that the city, the people in this town, the people in our county, the people in our state, in our country, the city is going to rejoice by the blessing of the upright. God, God wants to benefit our city. God wants to benefit the people around us through the way that he wants to bless us. And so this is something that I want to really run straight into. I want to talk about it and address it head on. But again, like I said, this isn't what we're going to be talking about is not contradictory to what Brother Connor talked to us about last week. Because again, remember, he talked about Jesus calling us to come and die. Calling us to come and die to count the cost. You know, he used the scripture that no builder starts building a building without counting the cost of what it's going to be like. But a part of that counting the cost is one, knowing what it's going to cost you, but then two, knowing what the payout is whenever you've counted the cost. What, what is it worth? What is there? Uh, and so in John chapter 12, I just really want to come back to these words of Jesus. In John 12, verse 24, he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it. And whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am, there will my servant be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. So Jesus, in the same vein of talking about dying, coming to me and falling and dying, he says if a, a seed, unless it falls into the ground and dies, it's not going to bear any fruit. But then he talks about this. Whoever desires to save their own life is going to lose it. Whoever loses it for my sake is going to find eternal life. And so as we're getting into this and talking about what it means to truly be blessed of God and what the blessing of the Lord looks like, we're talking about this thing that Jesus is talking about, that if you're not willing to die for him in order to follow him, you're not going to experience what eternal life is. Well, now we're talking about what does this eternal life look like? 
What does it look like here and right now? What does it look like for me in this moment? And what does it mean to be blessed? And so, so that's why I want us to talk about being blessed. And again, like I said, there's so much packed in here that goes with that. I just want to acknowledge right now in the room that there's probably, I would hope, that we've got some thinking, feeling people in the seats this morning, that there's probably a little bit of skepticism of what I might be talking about whenever I'm talking about being blessed. Again, because our culture has convoluted this word so much that a lot of times when a, when a preacher or somebody in church starts talking about being blessed, you've got radars on one side of the ditch saying, well, he's just going to start spewing this prosperity gospel stuff, Right? Of, well, if you don't have this big, big house and you don't have this nice, fancy car, then God must not be blessing you. You must be doing something wrong because you're not blessed. Prosperity gospel. And then over here on this other side of the ditch, you've got somebody who would be like, oh, well, now he's going to start preaching this poverty gospel. Of if you do have this stuff, then God doesn't bless you because he tells us to sell all of our possessions and be poor. And so there's that side. We got ditches, right? Is anybody with me here? You've heard the ditches. You know the ditches. Okay, I, I'm talking to some people that know what's going on here. So you got prosperity gospel ditch. You got poverty gospel ditch. You've got just this celebrity culture. Honestly, that we are trained, even aside from church, we're trained as people to judge the success of someone's life, to judge whether or not someone is blessed by what they have, by who they're with, by the, the beautiful picture on their Instagram, by whatever it is. But, but we're, we're, we're naturally trained from day one in our society to measure our success and to measure are we blessed or are we not based off of the things that we have. And I believe that the way of Jesus does not fall into either of these ditches, but it's a, a completely different way of doing things. And obviously, you know, Jesus talks a lot about that, that his way is narrow. It's, it's not like the, the other ways, ways of the world. And so, but, but I want us to talk about being blessed. And, and why do I want us to talk about being blessed? Why is it so important and so vital? And I've already shared this scripture, but I just want to go ahead and give you the reference right now and read it in its fullness. In Proverbs 11, verse 11, this is why the stakes are so high in our culture right now. This is why it's so important for us as a church to know what it means to be blessed of God and to put ourselves in a position to receive that blessing and to be the, the channel through which that blessing is going out into the world. The stakes are so high. It's so important. In Proverbs 11, verse 11, it says, By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it's overthrown. The reason why it's so important and why the stakes are so high for us as the people of God to talk about what it means to be blessed by God is because that blessing is not just about us. This blessing taps into God's whole plan for creation, his plan for all of society. He is a blessing God. He wants to bless. He wants to pour out his favor and his love and his goodness. But He's always, from day one, he's always used a set-aside, set-apart kind of people to bless the entire world. That's why the stakes are high for us. Because we can't afford to not be operating in God's blessing. 
The world can't afford for us to be a people who are not blessed, who don't know what it means to be blessed by God. The world can't afford that because the world needs a city that's exalted. The world needs some hope in this life. The world needs something that's actually beautiful. The, the world needs something that God actually destined and created it to be. And so the world needs God's people to understand what it means to be blessed by him, to operate in that blessing, to pour out that blessing. That's what this world needs right now. Because I'm telling y'all, we're coming up into an election season. If you hadn't noticed already, check your pulse. If you got one, you noticed. We're coming into an election season, and y'all, the city is not going to be exalted by the GOP. The city is not going to be exalted by Sleepy Joe. The city is not going to be exalted by virtual, virtue signaling and talking about how good we are on Facebook or uh, trying to just have the right opinions and the right political ideals. The city is not going to be exalted by that. Jesus does not choose worldly leaders and, and these systems that were created by man to, to bring his kingdom. He chose you and I. He chose humanity. He chose people. He chose the very lowest of the low, and he chose the very inwardmost part of that being, the very heart, the very soul of that person, to change it around, make a revolution of the heart, first and foremost, to bring his blessing out into the world. And so, y'all, of course, let's vote. Let's pray. Let's ask God for wisdom on who to vote for, how to vote, how to do that in wisdom, but that is not our hope. Our vote is not our hope. Okay, don't get that confused. We've got a different kind of hope, and God wants to exalt the city. He wants to exalt Choctaw County, even Bryan County. I'm from there, okay? It's all right. I got Bryan County in my bloodstream. God wants to exalt Oklahoma. He wants to exalt the United States of America. He wants to exalt the city that we're in, and he's going to do it. He's going to channel that through the blessing of the upright, not through the person that we vote for. That's not where our trust comes from. And y'all, this is why it's so vital for us to understand what the blessing of the Lord looks like. We got a hopeless world right now. We got, we got people that need to be blessed. Look at the news. I was just scrolling this morning, which I, I regret doing. I don't like going through the news. But even in that, it's, it's like every day there's somebody else dying in the streets. Every day there's another riot. Every day there's friction. Every day there's animosity. Every day people pitted against each other. That's what's going on in our world. That's where we're at right now. And if you can't tell, it's the city's not exalted through Antifa. The city's not exalted through a Trump rally. The city's not exalted through BLM. The city's not exalted through whatever movement you choose. The city's going to be exalted by the blessing of the upright. You and I, whether you realize it or not, we have something as born-again followers of Jesus Christ, as people through whom he's called and set aside to bring his blessing into the world, we've got the most powerful thing on earth. We've got exactly what the world needs. We talked about living the antidote before. We got the antidote to the sickness around us. And so the stakes are high for us to talk about being a blessed people, being the blessed of the Lord. And so this morning, I, I want to just kind of set the groundwork a little bit, set the stage some. In, in weeks to come, I'm going to talk about what can we do? What, how can we position ourselves to be blessed of God? 
How can we put ourselves in that right position to, to receive his blessing and to operate in it? But before we even talk about that, let's just talk about what blessing truly is scripturally. What it is, what it looks like, what, what it's not. Because like I said, there's a lot of things in our culture right now that are kind of a lie about it. So biblically, you see, uh, you know, some of, some of the scriptures were originally written in Hebrew, some in Greek. Uh, we got four different words that whenever blessing is talked about in Scripture, there's a couple in Hebrew, a couple in Greek. But to kind of put the, those pictures together of what, what blessing looks like, it's a few different things. Things like to be enviable, to be blissful. Enviable, blissful, to be spoken well of. Even words like progress and to advance. And then a prayer over someone. You know, you talk, talk about receiving a blessing. There's whether it be prophets or Jesus pronouncing blessing. It's something that one person even speaks over somebody else. So that's even an aspect of it. So part of it is this internal reality of I'm an enviable person. I'm someone that someone would want to be like. A blissful, to be happy. Something that's going on inside. So one thing, first of all, that this description is not that we equate it to in our culture is things. And we'll get to that later. We'll talk about that more specifically. But this scriptural definition of what it means to be blessed is very much talking about a relational transaction, someone blessing someone else. And then it's also very much an internal reality. It's not based on what I have, what I don't have, who I'm with, who I'm not with. It's it's something that's already going on inside of us, something that works from the inside out as opposed to vice versa. And we'll talk about that more here in a bit. But again, this blessing, first of all, we've got to know that our God wants to bless. Again, there's all kinds of baggage from, from church and from our culture. There's all kinds of baggage of, well, oh, we don't want to be in this prosperity gospel ditch. We don't want to be in this ditch over here. Well, guess what? To cut through those things a little bit, did you know that God wants to bless you? That's a good starting point, am I right? To know that God wants to bless you because there's a lot of people that think that that's not the case. There's a lot of people that would think that God just wants me to be miserable. And the more miserable I am, the better I'm doing at following Jesus. The bigger of a frown on my face, the the more antisocial I am, then that means I'm really doing it right. You know, you've had people back in the day that would just whip themselves in the back. This is me following Jesus right here. To be miserable is what it means to be following Jesus. No, God wants to bless. God is a blessing God. It's who he is. It's a part of his nature. He, he gives. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He wants to give. He wants to pour out. He wants to give blessing. If, we, uh, if you go to, to Malachi, in Malachi chapter 3, he t- talks about even monetarily. He said, give, the, give this tithe, put it in the storehouse, and see if I won't bless. Almost just like, put me to the test. See if I won't do it. See if I'm not going to pour out all kinds of blessings for you. He's ready to do it. He's able. He's willing. He wants to bless. It's who he is. If you go back into the Old Testament, you even see this. You know, there's this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. And it would be like in the Old Testament, like a, this representation of where God's presence dwelled. Like the fullness of God's presence was in this Ark of the Covenant that went around. And even where that Ark went, blessings would happen. Because where God is blessed. Where God is blessed. 
That's just how it works. It's, it's a part of his nature. It's who he is. And so even there's a, a story in scripture of a guy named Obed-Edom who the ark ended up just getting parked at his house from point A to point B. It got parked at his house for a few months. And it said in those few months, he, the guy was just blessed. Things were prospering. Things were working well for him. Just because this ark, just because God's presence was there. Y'all, do we have God's presence in this place? Do we have God's presence right here in the middle of us? If we do, then blessing, then we're, we're going to be seeing some blessings, right? We are a blessed people. We have God dwelling with us. And even again, I, I said, not only is God a blessing God, but he doesn't want the blessing to stop with you and I. He wants to use you and I. Again, the city is exalted through the blessing of the upright. And if you trace even that back in scripture, that's exactly how God wanted to do it. I want to go to Genesis. If you go to Genesis chapter 12, the, if you read from the beginning of Scripture, you see immediately after creation that things just start to unravel. So here we are in the 12th uh, chapter of the Bible. And after God's created this perfect garden, this perfect place, time and setting, people have messed it up so much that already there was a flood, the Tower of Babel, and people were scattered. And it just it immediately in 12 chapters starts to go awry pretty quickly. Brother killing brother, like... It's not good. But God, in his goodness, he wants to bless his creation. He wants to pour out his blessing, who he is to his creation. And so he sets aside this family. And this is the call of Abram, who would later become called Abraham. In chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. It tells Abram that in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So this isn't just God playing favorites. It's not just, well, well, I like this Abram guy. No, he knew, okay, this is a person who's willing, who's open to me, who's ready to be used. So through that kind of person, I can bless all the families of the earth. And you see, even if you go through Scripture, I don't want to get too bogged down here, but even in the Old Testament, if we're being real with ourselves, we see some pretty like, kind of things from God uh, on different people. Like, oh man, people getting wiped out. People getting cursed. Well, even that, even if you look back, if you trace it back and see what God's actual plan is, that his plan, his goal, his desire is to bless all the families of the earth. And if he knows that he can use this family to do it, then yeah, some curse is going to come against people who are trying to get against that blessing. Because it, it, it all comes back to this plan of God wanting to bless all the families of the earth. He doesn't just play favorites like, oh, I like this person, I'm smite you over here. No, it comes back to this plan, this end goal, this desire that God wants to bless all the families of the earth. He wants to bless. He's a blessing God, and he wants to use us to do it. This is a little bit of Micahology. I haven't really studied this out too much, but honestly, I believe that this idea of blessing and getting at the heart of truly what scriptural blessing is, I believe that it really can, in a lot of ways, be equated to God's original call in the creation mandate to humanity to be fruitful, to multiply, to go and have dominion over all the earth and to subdue it. I believe that in that, it truly is, it, that's, that's really getting at the idea of what God's blessing looks like. 
Because again, God wanted to use man to bless this entire creation. He wanted to use people who would follow him to bless everybody and everything. And what happens whenever they mess it up, whenever they eat of the fruit? What happens? Curses happen. So it's, it's against this goal and this call of God to go be fruitful and multiply. Well, now the ground is cursed. It's actually going to be a lot more difficult to bring something out of it. So if we really look at this, this call to go be fruitful, to multiply this, this mission that God gave to humanity, man, he wants to bless his creation and he wants to use us to do it. It's who God is, it's how he works. And so here we are now in, in Boswell, Oklahoma, 2020. God wants to use us to bless this world. God wants to use people who are, are called according to his name, who have chosen to count the cost, to, to follow Jesus, to count our lives dead, to be dead before him, all in front of Jesus. He wants to use that kind of person to go and bless this entire world, to bring his blessing out into creation. And so, before we go any further, before we get into what we're going to over the next few weeks of getting ready and positioning ourselves for God's blessing, what is scriptural blessing? What isn't scriptural blessing? And the best way I could describe this is to kind of set it up in two different ways. That the world's kind of blessing, how the world sees blessing, is external and it's material. External and material. And how God sees blessing and how scriptural blessing works, it's the opposite of that. It's internal and it's relational. Internal and relational. So here's what I mean by that. So this, this blessing of God being internal as opposed to external. Here's how it works in the world. We want to have our we want, we want to have satisfaction. We want to know what the blessed life looks like, what it means to be fruitful, to multiply, to be at peace and at ease, to be blessed. And where the world starts is through the external, what we can see with our eyes, what we can see going on around us. And if we can get that external thing figured out, then the logic goes that if we get that external thing figured out, then I will be soul satisfied. If I can satisfy my flesh first, then that'll lead to an inner, internal peace and internal satisfaction, starting from the outside, working in. That's what it looks like. And I think that I could get some amens if I tell you that that is a fallacy, that it doesn't work that way, that that leads to this vicious cycle of, because we see, oh, there's somebody over there that looks like they're happy. They look like they're at peace. They look enviable. They look blissful. They look like they're advancing. They look like they're progressing. They look blessed. And so if I could just mimic what it looks like on the outside, maybe, this, maybe that truck that they have, okay, if I get that figured out, I'm going to get that blessed, that bliss, that progress, advancement, enviable. And then you get that, and well, now that didn't actually necessarily do it. Still, still something, I still don't feel great about myself. I still, I'm not feeling blissful right now. Well, then it must not have been the truck. It must have been the house that they have. Okay, let's get something bigger then. No, not that. And now it actually feels worse because now I have this big thing that I thought was going to be it and that ended up not being it. So now I'm wasting all my money here and I'm still not feeling it. So let's double down. It's not the house. It must be, oh, I've got to go get this promotion. Oh, I've got to go get this uh, this certain spouse that's going to do it. Oh, I've got it. 
all these things on the outside that we can see with our eyes, starting from the external, trying to fill this gap internally, and it doesn't work that way. That's not blessing. And if you felt it, I think everybody's at least felt a tinge of this. If you felt it, you know that it's a dead end. You know that it's not going to work. You know that it's not going to fill. And so the way the blessing of the Lord works is that it doesn't start on the outside. The Lord starts on the inside. Jesus, that's his entire MO. Look at the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says, you've heard it said, don't kill. I say, don't hate. He starts going straight to the inside. You've heard it said, don't commit adultery. I'm telling you, just if you look at a woman in a certain way, you've already screwed things up. I'm looking at the heart. I'm looking on the inside. Jesus starts internally. He starts on the inside. And you know what? If you start on the inside, you allow Jesus, who only Jesus can actually twist a soul around, who can actually twist and make your spirit new. If you start with that, start on the inside, then what comes out is, oh, wow, I got this truck and I do feel fulfilled because my fulfillment wasn't in the truck. Or it starts inside, I've already got this piece and then I don't have the truck. That's okay. I am enviable. I am blissful. I'm to be envied because I've already got this satisfaction that I need internally. I don't need anything external to fill that. So if you get this soul satisfaction figured out first and realize that it's not dependent upon that external thing, then once that soul satisfaction is there, then man, your flesh is going to be satisfied anyway because it's all bonus from that point on. That's all just extra. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So the culture has it backwards. Starts from the outside and tries to go in. To never going to work that way. The way God's blessings, the way Jesus works is starting from the inside, starting from that very core bit of yourself, the heart. The scripture talks about taking a heart of stone and turning it into a heart of flesh, that core, that inside part. Once that's figured out, once that soul, that heart desire is satisfied in Jesus and only Jesus because it's the only place it will be, then, then we, we're talking blessing. Then we're talking, I'm, I'm living a blessed life. And so now uh, we won't get into to positioning ourselves much. We'll, we'll talk about that more in weeks to come. But that's the starting point right there. Knowing the satisfaction is in Jesus starts from the internal and then bleeds out from there. So it's internal, not external. And then again, the way the world sees it, these go hand in hand, but the way the world sees it is material. It's a thing. It's a something that you can have. Even a someone, you know, we can turn people into material objects in our minds pretty easily. I won't step on any toes just yet, but we'll get into that later maybe. But we can turn people into objects. We can turn people into something that's just here to satisfy my own desires. But we're not talking about material. The world looks at blessing material. Man, hashtag bless. Look at this awesome thing I have. But the way Scripture talks about it is relational. Again, one part of blessing is for someone to even speak a blessing over somebody else, a person to a person, to proclaim a blessing, to be spoken well of. It's a personal kind of thing. It's a, it's a relational concept. It's not a material concept. It's not a thing. So you and I, y'all, our blessing is not a something. Our blessing is not even a someone 
that if I just get that right spouse or if my spouse starts to figure their stuff out, then, okay, yeah, I can call myself blessed then. Don't look at your spouse just yet, okay? He's ta- I'm talking to somebody else. But if I could just get that figured out, if I could get them in line, if I could get that next thing, no, it's not a material. It's not even a someone. But it is truly, the, this may sound cheesy, but your blessing, my blessing, it is the someone, not just a someone, but it is relationally, it is a person, and that person is Jesus Christ. Let's have that figured out first and foremost before we even get into talking about how he channels his blessing through us to make the city rejoice and be exalted, that Jesus Christ, he is our blessing. Jesus Christ is the, way, the only reason we can call ourselves blessed, that we can have anything to say or show for it. It is the person of Jesus Christ and the fact that he has come into our hearts, that he's redeemed us, he's loved us, and he's turned things around. It is Jesus. If you would, go with me to the book. Y'all, give some praise to God. That's great. Thank you, Jesus. Man, we're about to be a church that amens and claps and says stuff. We're going to be a moving church. I like that. If you go to the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is writing to this church here. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 3, and you know what? If y'all are excited enough, if y'all really like what's going on, I'll read a little bit more, okay? But I'll at least give you the taste of it. I'll at least give you the peace. Verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Y'all, this is done. Your blessing is not some extra external thing outside of you that you're waiting on. Your blessing is something that's already happened in the person of Jesus Christ, in him and in who he is. You've already received. We have received every single spiritual blessing that God has to give. He's not holding out on us. He's given it to us. It's in Jesus Christ. And y'all, these blessings, again, internal, not external. We've got to divorce our idea of a blessing from a thing. What's going on inside of us? What is Jesus revolutionized? Because those things are going to work their way out. He says that he's given us every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. That's a blessing. In love, he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ. That's a blessing. According to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace. That glorious grace is a blessing with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood. That's a blessing. The forgiveness of our trespasses. That's a blessing. According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. That's a blessing. Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Y'all, that's a blessing. God's not holding out on us. That's the starting point, knowing that already, declaring Jesus as Lord, allowing him to revolutionize and change some things up in our hearts, considering our, our lives dead for the sake of him, that in and of itself, that's every blessing we've ever wanted, ever needed. And yes, of course, I believe God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He's got resources. He's got money. 
Okay? I, I believe that, that that's great. That's something to be thankful for. That, that's a blessing. But that's not what we're looking to. Y'all, if we had a church of only millionaires, first of all, everybody should be tithing. <laughs> if we had a church of only millionaires, who, who would we be pouring into? Right? He wants to use that, that wealth. He wants to use that part of the blessing to bless somebody else. And y'all, if we had a church of only dirt poor people, who would we be blessing? So it's on both sides of it. It's not about the money. It's about what's going on internally. It's about what God wants to use us to be a channel through. So y'all, I'm not talking prosperity gospel that everybody has to have a big house, a big nice car, all these different things. We don't, what the prosperity gospel would try to say is that we prove God through the blessings. We prove God through our possessions. Well, since I have this, of course God's moving. Since I have health, of course God, I'm blessed. No, we don't prove God through our possessions or our blessings. God proves himself to us by his spirit in our heart. And from that place, man, everything, of course he wants to add to. Of course he wants to prosper. But I'm not going to judge whether or not I'm blessed based off what I have or don't have. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to get at. So I don't want a church of all millionaires. And I don't want a church of all dirt poor people. I want us to be able to have things to offer one another. I want us to be able to be blessed and bless one another even as God has blessed us first and foremost internally in our very core. So again, Jesus, Jesus is the blessing. And he has a desire to change our minds and to change our perspectives on what a blessing actually is and what a blessing looks like. So I don't know how many of y'all, I don't think I've told this story, but I keep this in my Bible. This is a 20,000 shilling note from the Republic of Uganda. 20,000 shillings sounds like a lot, but it's actually not. 20,000 shillings is maybe six bucks, okay? Sounds cooler to say 20,000 though, right? I keep this in my Bible as a reminder. This is, this is like a token for myself to always be reminded of what true God blessing looks like and is. So here's the story behind this thing. So Callie and I, we were invited by a, a friend who's a pastor to go and preach at their church. Uh, and so we went to this town, Kasambia. The, we went to the dusty, dirty streets of Kasambia. And we preached at this church uh, who Pastor Tugume Asa is the pastor, and he welcomed us into his home, loved on us, cared for us, let us preach at this church. And he had people from the surrounding villages, not, not a lot of extremely wealthy people, farmers, day laborers who came in uh, to this church to hear us preach the word of God. And we had a, uh, like an all-night prayer service, and it was really just about pouring out preaching God's word, and I was floored, you know, because here we are, we have things taken care of, we have what we need. Even in Uganda, it's perceived that if you're a white person, that you have money, you, you have the, your finances taken care of, and honestly, it's not always a terrible perception based on the reality on the ground, because if a white person is there, they obviously had an airline ticket to get there, so there's some financial things that are kind of taken care of. But anyway, it's, that's a part of the perception that 
you must have a lot of money if you're, if you're here and you're white. And so here we are preaching the word of God. Don't necessarily need money from anyone. Don't need any possessions, but we're just there to preach the word of God. But these people, these farmers that came, the time came in, in the service and they wanted to give. They wanted to give to us who were perceived as having everything we need, not really needing any money or possessions. But they would give sugar cane. They would give bunches of bananas. They would give whatever produce they had from their field because, and they would talk to me about this, because the word of God was so important to them. They were just so thankful for someone coming and sharing the word of God that they were given all that. And honestly, as we counted up all the produce, it came out to about 20,000 shillings, which honestly was a pretty big haul, if I'm being real about it. And so I keep this as I keep this in my Bible because what I always want to be reminded of is how valuable, how precious things like God's word spoken to us is. How valuable, how precious, how big of a blessing it is that God has chosen to dwell in me. To get, to get my mind off of what this is and what it represents or what our American currency is and what it represents of this external blessing, this external thing, to know that that's actually not what's valuable at all. That's not my blessing. My blessing is God, his presence in and with me. God choosing to, to dwell with me. Redemption through Jesus Christ. And that's just, it's such a powerful reminder of what is a blessing, what isn't a blessing. And so here's how Jesus says it. And this is where I'm going to leave us for this morning. This is probably really familiar to a lot of people. This is from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. This is Jesus' big teaching, starting in verse 2. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you, persecute you, utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, be happy, enviable, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Jesus' word is the final say. And again, what my goal in this message right now is that we would have a mindset shift on what blessing is and what it looks like. And these words are so familiar. They're said and posted all the time. But I really wanted to sink in a little bit because actually this really goes against what we think whenever we think blessed. When we think blessed are. And it was radical and it was different even in Jesus' time. Blessed are the merciful. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are the peacemakers. No, people around them would be saying, well, blessed are the powerful because people listen to them. Blessed are 
the rich, because obviously if you're rich, then that means God loves you and he blessed you. Blessed are those who are not sad and mopey all the time. Now he said, even in mourning, blessed are those who mourn because I'm going to comfort them. How even strange would that sound? Happy, enviable are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. What I want us to get right now is that Jesus' blessing, who he calls blessed, what he calls blessed, looks vastly different from what's going on in the culture around us. It feels different. But it's so powerful. That kind of blessing, that's what the world really needs. It's through that blessing, the blessing of the upright, the blessing of the person who is called blessed in Jesus Christ and because of Jesus Christ, it's through that blessing that the city is going to be exalted. Y'all, God wants to use this church. God wants to use us to bring blessing into the city, to exalt the city, to, to make it happy, to make it enviable, to make it progress, to make it advance. To be spoken well of, God wants to use us to bring that blessing. But first and foremost, we've got to shift our mindset on what blessing is. It's not about the thing. It's about who we've got in us, with us at all times. So if you would, bow your heads. I want to do this real quick. Quick thing, but it's so important. Because again, this idea of blessing, it's all founded on, it's all based on Jesus Christ revolutionizing the heart revolutionizing the inward part of ourselves. If there's anyone here this morning who they haven't made the decision to allow Jesus into that place, maybe you've tried to be blessed, you've tried to be prosperous, you've tried to make it work on your own by figuring out all these external things and hoping that that will change what's going on internally. And maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now and saying, that's wrong. That's not the way to go. Change it up. Change the way you think. And maybe the the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart right now and telling you Jesus is the only way to truly be blessed. Jesus is the only way that this is going to work. It has to happen internally first and then everything else, it's going to fall into place. If that's you, if you've never allowed Jesus into that part of your heart, if you've never allowed him to revolutionize your inward being, and you want to turn that part of yourself over to Jesus right now, if you want to be truly, truly blessed, I just want to ask you to raise your hand. That's a part of you just saying, that's me. That's what I want. If there's anybody who has not welcomed Jesus into that inward part of their hearts, would you just raise your hand? I want to see you and I want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. Okay, well then what I'm believing right now is that we are in a room full of people who have allowed Jesus to have access to that space, who have declared that Jesus is Lord, who have started from the inside and said, God, I'm messed up on my own. I need you. I want you. And Jesus has revolutionized that space. So I want to pray for everybody right now. Lord Jesus, here we are. We're thankful to be in your presence. We're thankful to be loved by you. Thank you, Jesus, that you have not withheld any blessing. You've poured out every single spiritual blessing that we could ever want, we could ever ask for, we could ever dream of. You've poured it out in your your own body, through your own 
blood, sweat, and tears, through your death on the cross and through your resurrection, you've given us those blessings. And we are so thankful. And God, we declare ourselves right now that blessed people that you have called to exalt the city. Lord Jesus, give us the grace, give us the strength to operate in, to move in, to to talk like we're in that blessing. God, we are an enviable people. Thank you, Lord, that this church is going to be spoken well of. This church is going to be blissful because you are the blesser and we're going to continue to look to you in that. Thank you for revolutionizing our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all, could you just give the Lord some, some praise? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you would stand, please, I want to declare a blessing over you. I want to speak something over our hearts as we go from this place. And I would just ask that the Holy Spirit would direct our hearts into the love of God and into the steadfastness of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all have a good week. You be blessed. I love you.